Goosebumps number 52, How I Learned to Fly by R.L. Stein. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a kid. He's got his head in the clouds. For real. Wilson Schlom? Schlame? Schlame? Wilson Schlame loves to make Jack Johnson feel like a total loser. And Jack's had it. That's how he ended up down at the beach, in a creepy old abandoned house, in the dark, trying to hide from Wilson. But everything's about to change, because Jack just dug up the coolest book. It's called Flying Lessons. It tells how humans can learn to fly. Poor Jack. He wanted to get back at Wilson, but now that Jack's learned how to fly, things down on Earth are getting really scary. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. It's time to fly. Open up the part <laughs> of you that wants to hide away. I was gonna say, you um, can shine. I, I was gonna say, um, I believe we can fly. Woo! I believe we can touch the sky. Die. Think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can soar. See me running through that open door. I believe I can fly. There's so many of them. Welcome to our musical podcast. We love singing. We love flying. Thank you so much for listening to the Flying Podcast. We are your singers. We're the terror twins. We're the terror singers. And um, my name is Daniel Montgomery. My name is Matthew Scott Montgomery, and there's nothing that we love more than goosebumps, y'all. So let's get into it. This book is not scary and (laughs) is just about flying. Um, Well, I will say that this book was scarier than I remembered it. That's true. And I have to say, I have to. Um, I was... When I thought about us rereading the books for Welcome to Deadcast, this was towards the top of the list of ones I was not excited to read again. I get that. But I had such a blast reading this book. I'm so happy to hear that. And I had written this one off, and I really enjoyed this reading process. That's that's so I great to hear. I gave it a D plus when I read it back when I was 16. But now... Um, I don't I think it was a lot of fun. A funny anecdote, hilarious anecdote. I was out to lunch um for a little lunch meeting for some sushi last week. <laughs> That's crazy. Isn't that so funny? And I brought this book with me because I need to be constantly inundated with media. So if I'm like walking from my car to where I parked to the sushi restaurant, I have to either be listening to music or like reading a book. 
And so I was like, I want to watch where you're going. I know, right? I was like, I want to work on how I learned to fly. So I brought it to the sushi restaurant. I had it on the table. And when the waiter came to take our order, he pointed the book and he said, that's one of the best ones. And really? I, and I, yeah, I was like, oh, it is? And he was like, yeah, I love the part. Wait, have you read it? And I was like, yes. He's like, because I don't want to give you any spoilers. I was like, no, it's fine. He goes, that book has the best ending out of any of the endings in the Goosebump series, if you he ask really me. You really think so? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he walked away and I was like, huh. Because I'd always thought of this ending as kind of a clunker. But this random ass waiter in Silver Lake thought that this was the best Goosebumps ending in the series. Did you give him a big fat tip? I gave him a... Not, it wasn't big and fat, but I, I gave him a nice tip. That's um, good. Yeah, so I, I had... I had put this book in a section in my brain that now I've taken it out of and I chose to look at this book differently and I just thought it was a total blast because as you said, it's not necessarily a scary book. It's more of like a fantasy silly book that really gets really outrageous and over the top. It truly does. And this book came out in February 1997 during the peak of the TV series and there is not a corresponding TV episode for this book because it would have been absolutely impossible. Yeah, as, as you guys continue to listen to You'll, you'll realize how this could never be made into a television episode. It could it could be one of the you know the uh, fake animated ones that sometimes we speak about. Yeah, that I think it could have been an. But animated this one's going to go into mother territory, y'all. Where you're going to be like, I cannot believe what is happening. Are you serious? That's true. This is one of the longest Goosebumps books. It's actually not. It's 123 pages. 125, but the longest is Night of Living Dummy at 134. <sighs> No, Attack of the Jan Lanterns. Attack of the Jan Lanterns. Attack of the Janny Lanterns was 133. So it's actually not. It just oh, feels really it just long. Feels really long. Yeah, I thought it was long. I'm gonna be honest. I thought it was a long book. You warned me that it was gonna be long, and so for me, it flew by. Matthew, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Matthew, why don't you describe the cover for us, please? Well, first, the colors are a shit brown and a dead pink. You wouldn't say a dusty lilac? I I might say a dusty lilac or a dead pink. All right. Um, I kind of like dead pink, though. That should be the name of a band. Dead pink was the name of the band in my favorite Lifetime movie, Friends to the End. First, she wanted her family. Then, she stole her lover. Now, she's taking over her entire life. Don't tell me you're scared of girls. 90210 Shannon Doherty and Jennifer Blanc in a world premiere thriller. You just name the time and the place. Friends till the end, NBC Monday. That's right. So you're welcome. Um, the cover of the book is is a pair of denimed legs. Yes, denim um, legs. With, with red Converse legs. sneakers with... with um, with shoelaces flapping in the air and so it's presumably a a child flying above um the earth and it could be me because i got i i only wear converse yes and down on earth is continuing um tim jacobus's trend of using a lot of converse if you remember when we saw tim jacobus speak at the goosebumps premiere (laughs) no big deal he was talking about um his ma, his mem, Miss, Mrs. Jacobus, mm-hmm. um, always thought it was kind of a sign of low class or that you weren't making a lot of money if all you wore were Converse sneakers. Well, and, she's right. And kind of as a fuck you to her, 
he decided to put them on all his book covers. And it's most prominently featured out of any Goosebumps covers. Converse sneakers are most prominently featured on this cover. And now she's dead. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a a set of flying feet, and below is a bridge that kind of looks like the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, except it's not red. Wrong city. Yeah, I know. This book takes place in Malibu, which is so hilarious, and we'll talk about it. But flying around these floating feet above this bridge are a bunch of angry-looking seagulls. Um, they're white and have glowing red eyes and red-tipped wings, presumably to give some kind of horror element to the cover of this book because it's not a very scary book or scary idea, I don't think. And so Tim did his best, and it looks great. Yeah, the more I look at it, the more I like it. I think it's kind of a provocative cover. So this book also had what some of the the books in the le- the early fifties had uh, trading cards. Yes, that's right. There are trading cards within, connected to a, a bookmark within the book, and a trading card gave a little bit of a sneak peek into what the book would be about. Matthew, do you want to read the trading card? To yes. Um, um, the, our family. The trading card, it, it lists characters, the setting, a quote from the book, and then a quote from Arl Stein. So the characters are Jack Johnson, recording artist, songwriter Jack Johnson. Sure. Um, Jack Johnson. To me, Jack Johnson is just the protagonist of How I Learned to Fly. He's a bird. He's a plane. He's our narrator. Wilson Schlame. Now, I don't know how to pronounce this last name. I don't either. It's and, spelled and it... S-C-H-L-A-M-M-E, or sometimes it's spelled S-C-H-L-A-M-E. So, so it could be... My, my, my choices are Schlame or Schlame. Wilson Schlame. Jack's best enemy. Mia Montez, the cutest girl on the planet, and Morty, Jack's Cocker Spaniel. Call him Airhead. Also, Call him Airbud. I'd like to point out that Arlstein loves using M names for supporting characters. Just saying. Take there's, a dern. There's several moms in the Goosebumps series, and I can't pinpoint which books now, but I remember it stuck out to me as a kid who were named Margot. Anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Setting up in the air. Say what? This is the quote. I don't know how to get down. And this is a quote from Arlstein. Did you know that a man once flew off the top of the Empire State Building and lived? He lived until he hit the ground. I thought about that old joke when I was starting to figure out this story. (laughs) (laughs) Arlstein, a jokester at heart. So let's get into it. So our protagonist, his name is Jack Johnson, as we said. He has curly dark hair and a big honking nose. Honk. And he's constantly in competition with sort of his arch nemesis, Wilson Schlammy Schlammy, whatever. And we never get a physical description of Wilson. We don't really. Wilson like makes a competition out of literally everything. Like I blew a bigger chewing gum bubble. Like, no, I did. All like constantly he's making jack's life a living hell on earth and jack's like not he's like i'm not competitive i'm not a competitive competitive guy i don't like it stop it i don't want to compete stop but um he and he and he kind of lets everybody win at everything because he's just like leave me alone leave me alone but the only time he cares about sort of beating wilson at anything is when it's in front of or around mia montez oh the cutest girl at Malibu Middle School. So usually these books take place in like, I don't know, Ohio. They make a big deal. They, the, the team of people who write this, make a big deal about when it's not somewhere like there. So like this time it's Malibu. Which I think is it's kind of interesting. Malibu.
Everybody comes to Malibu. Mia Montez is described as cute with big green eyes, a perfect little nose, and straight black hair. And she's the absolute prettiest, and she's obsessed with hearts. I think this is fun. She wears a heart necklace, a gold and, like a, bra- a charm bra- bracelet with gold and silver hearts dangling from it. She wears a ruby red she's heart got a ring. shoebox full of them, dangly and, ones. And, a, and matching heart earrings. And she was born on Valentine's Day. Isn't that just perfect? And in my brain, she's played by young Vanessa Hudgens. Perfect. And Jack love Jack loves drawing superheroes. He's like, I love to draw superheroes and like, like Laser Man. And one day during his free period, he draws the incredible Laser Man. And Wilson's like, I drew is drawing our superheroes too, except mine's better. I drew five superheroes and I named all of them Mia's protectors. And he shows it to Mia and is like, Look what I drew. And and Jack is like, God, I can't even draw superheroes. And um Jack is like, this sucks, but um, I know how I can impress Mia. I can show her my new 21-speed Silver Streak racing bike. <laughs> and Mia's like, wow, that's a pretty cool bike, Jack. And Wilson's like, yeah, how about my new heavy-duty dirt bike? And Jack is like, oh, one-upped again. And Wilson's like, hey, Jack, let's race home. And he and Mia and Jack like race on their bikes home. And of course, Wilson wins. Um, when they get home, they all live together in the same sort of, not together at the same house. They yeah, live in the same neighborhood. Yeah, like Mia's a few few streets down. Wilson's like across the Wilson's street. Wilson's across the street. And they're greeted Mr. by... Mr. Wilson. Uh, they're greeted by Jack's cocker spaniel named Morty. Morty. And not only is Jack's life ruined by um, Wilson, but Morty's life is ruined by Wilson's lab name, like Labrador retriever named Terminator. There's actually kind of a disturbing sequence later where Ter- Terminator like beats up Morty and kind of punches him and throws him around. Liter- there's a sequence later where Terminator literally picks up uh, Morty and throws Morty with his mouth across the yard and then makes it to the other side of the yard to catch him and then beat him up some more. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And Wilson's like... But this book isn't really very grounded. (laughs) Wow. Wilson's like, hey, Terminator's a lot smarter than Morty. In fact, Terminator can... He's trained to answer the phone when we're not home. Oh, okay. And I was like, uh, sure. And Mia's response is, that's definitely smarter. That's really, really smart. I'm not sure if Mia's the smartest, guys. Um, this is just reminding me when I was in fourth grade, there was this guy, Nathan Astle. Yeah. Nathan Astle. And there was this other girl in the class. Nathan Astle and I were in Mrs. Sarshian's class. Yes. And across the hallway was Dana DiGiacchino's class. And I had the biggest crush on Dana DiGiacchino. Who I didn't? Mean, Dana liked strawberries. I remember at the pool party, I was like, you know, talking to her. And Dana and I would, pre- we would like go on, go to the bathroom at the same time. That sounds weird. But we would be like, hey, our next class is coming up at noon. Ask to go to the bathroom. I'll meet you out in the hallway. We'll walk around and then we'll go back to class. That's so fun. But Nathan started to pick up on the fact that me and Dana were meeting in the hallway. <sighs> and so Nathan would ask to go to the bath- bathroom too. And he would turn to Mrs. Sar Sheehan. Her name was Mrs. Sar, then she got married, then it was Sheehan. But then during during the school year, he was like, uh, Matthew needs help walking down the hallway. Uh, do you mind if I go to the bathroom with him? Because I don't want him to get lost. And he would literally say things like that. And for some Classic reason, this is asshole. Mrs. Sar Sheehan would let him go with me. And so I was like, damn it, I was supposed to meet Dana DiGiacchino in the hallway. And so it turned into me and Nathan and Dana going, you know, walking together all the time. And Dana went back to Mr. Riley's classroom. And as we're about to go back into Mr. Sarshian's class, Nathan goes, hey man, 
you should let me have Dana. I'm like, cause Nathan was big and blonde and he was like, I'm just better for her. I, you know, like, I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm the guy for her. And I remember we, we started challenging each other. I said, how much do you know about Dana? And I remember saying, do you know that strawberries are her favorite? And I said, I bet you can't even spell her last name. And Nathan couldn't spell her last name because her name was really difficult to pronounce or to spell. After class, we went up to the chalkboard. We took, took turns spelling out D. Giacchino. And I won because I could spell it correctly. And so he let me have Dana. But then no. he would just like. He would say that at first, and then he would just constantly fuck it up. Anyway, so I was just thinking about that. And now you guys he's spell... dead. <laughs> if you guys can spell Dijakino, then you you get the key to Dana's heart. So Mia um, reminds... Oh, hold on. So Jack's next-door neighbor, Mrs. Green, comes out of her house and is like, Oh no, my new kitten, Olive, is stuck in the tree in Wilson's yard. And Jack's like, I'll save it to impress Mia. But he tries to get up there and ends up falling off of the tree. And Wilson catches him. And Mia's like, Wow, Wilson, you're amazing. And Wilson drops Jack onto the sidewalk and his Jack's head hits the cement really hard with a thud. Ow. And I was like, should we call an ambulance? Should we call an ambulance? And Wilson, Wilson, of course, climbs up the tree and saves Olive. And Mrs. Green or whatever is like, oh, Wilson, you're so incredible. And this is where Jack looks over and sees Terminator sort of like fighting Morty and throwing Morty through the air. And he's like, oh, gosh, my life is terrible. Mia reminds them that her birthday party is this Saturday. And so they've got to be there. Now, side note, which I think is kind of funny, Jack is like to himself, to the reader, basically, he's like, God, I hate parties because parties turn into party games. And that means me losing to Wilson. So he lies to me and says, uh, I can't make it on Saturday. Mia's like, please, I really want you to be there. Pretty please with a Virginia on top and he's like uh okay Mia so he agrees and so cut to me you know you love your baby V so it's a sneaker night cut to Mia's house it's super cool it's on like the sort of the hills of Malibu it's on stilts like with this beautiful view of the beach what do her parents do well speaking of her parents I thought this was an interesting note Mia spends half of the year with her dad at that house and the other half of the year with her real mom in Brentwood Brentwood this is one rich bitch so her stepmom Angela answers the door and Angela and she's like oh my goodness hugs Jack and says everyone's been waiting for you everyone's been waiting for you Mia Mia Wilson's here And he's like, I'm not Wilson, I'm Jack. So for some reason, this stuff, I mean, I know what for reason, this stuff usually drives me insane. This stuff where it's like, because oh, this it, is so, gets so extreme. This it becomes is so really goosebumpsy funny. where it's like, you know, the annoying little brother or sister or like, you know, there's always, always some kind of bullying happening. And as a, as a 16 year old or kid, when I read this book or whatever, I was like so frustrated by it. But this time reading it, I just chose to think all of it was so funny and well, just went with it's, it. Because it's so ludicrous. It gets so cartoony. So, um... Jack's like, nope, it's just me. And Mia's stepmom is like, oh, that's okay. So <laughs> Mia, I think this is cool. Mia's wearing a white t-shirt and leggings. They're both, they're white 
with red stars all over them. Just like the wrapping paper Jack wrapped me as present with. Oh, it's so great. Jack's friends Ethan and Ray are there, and they blow up a bunch of red balloons and are having a great time when Wilson walks in. And this is what Wilson does when he walks in. He takes two of the balloons that they blew up, twists them so the balloons look like their gym teacher, Mr. Grossman. And Mr. Grossman and the balloon figure is described as having huge ears, stubby legs, and a fat belly. And Mia's like, wow, Wilson can do anything. (laughs) What? And they're like, Wilson, make more. So these are the type of balloon animals that Wilson makes. Just suddenly makes. A pig with antlers. A tiny elephant with a four-foot trunk. An enormous chicken. And um, uh, Jack says, everyone went crazy over that chicken. <laughs> so now it's time to play Twister. And Jack is like, oh, God, Never knew I don't want to play. how much I missed her. I don't want to play. I don't want to play. But Wilson's like, you've got to. Basically pulls him out of the crowd and says, time to play. And he's like, I- I'll spin the spinner. I don't have to play. But Wilson's like, no. I want to play Twister. Twister's so sexy. I know. Twister's, I, I, have, I have friends I have some friends that they had a party once and they played Naked Twister. I want to do that. Doesn't that sound like so much fun? Yeah. Where was that? Like Palm Springs? No, like, I'm not kidding. Like half a block away from here. Really? Yeah. I want to go. Next time I'll invite you, but I won't play. (laughs) (laughs) I'll spin the spinner. That sounds like so much fun. I said that like I was at that party. I was not at that party, but that sounds like fun. I'll spin the spinner. All right. And I'll play. Oh, wow. Jack is, Wilson's like, Jack, you can't spin the spinner. Let me, and I'll, I'll show you why. So Wilson whistles and Terminator comes running inside the house and starts (laughs) spinning the spinner for the game. (laughs) I love this stupid book. So they start playing Twister and Jack is doing terribly. But at one point he tries to like left foot yellow and his pants rip and everyone sees his Superman boxers. Oh no, it's so embarrassing. And Jack's like, I'm going to go. And Mia's like, no, please stay. So he borrows a pair of Mia's brother's shorts. Also like, what's funny about like, I understand like ripping pants is like kind of funny, but like Superman boxers sound pretty cool. I think the idea is at the time in the mid to late 90s, it was like, oh, we're in middle school. It's so embarrassing to see my underwear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's what it is. I just live in this world where everyone just can't wait to show their underwear. I know. Me too. I mean, that, that's, I think that's the culture now. And I think if, that, if this party were happening right now, um, Jack would, would get like thousands of more followers if yeah. that happened at the party. <laughs> and so... He would get so many views. He really would. Smash that subscribe button. So they finish playing Twister. There's a competition of eating hot dogs at dinner. And Wilson ends up eating a foot long and two bites and all this stuff. You and, said it. And Mia's opening her presents. Jack got her a Purple Rose CD. Purple Rose is her favorite band. Um, recently, Joe, in an episode of Carry On, the Sex and the City podcast with Kat and Alec Wells, was talking about the fact that it bothers him in TV episodes or television shows that they're fake celebrities or fake bands. It would just work for him better if there were real celebrities or real bands. And for me, it always works better to have fake ones. 100%. For me, because it, like, you know, dates it or whatever. And I think it's so fun, the idea of these fake bands or fake celebrities. So the idea of this band called Purple Rose is such a total blast to I, me. I love it because I love the idea of Arl Stein having to choose a name for a fake band. Yes. Um, and Mia's like, wow, this is the CD I wanted, but of course Wilson one-ups him. And, and Wilson is like, 
here's my present or whatever, but it's just an envelope. And Jack's like, <laughs> he just got her a stupid card. Didn't even time to get her a present. My ass is so much better. But then she opens up the envelope and sees it's two front row tickets to the Purple Rose concert at the Hollywood Bowl. Jack reacts by screaming at the top of his lungs and running out of the house. <laughs> and not only does he run out of the house, you guys, <laughs> he, keeps he runs down the hill into the night past his house through a fence and starts running onto the beach and as he's running mia and ray and ethan and even kara run out and chase him down the street screaming jack come back please come back please jack please never let go so jack is running down the beach and he ends up hiding in the abandoned dorsey house (laughs) (laughs) i really like this book The Dorsey House is a haunted house that's on the Malibu Beach, and it's a two-story house that's dilapidated, just just a straight-up haunted house. Smells like sour mold, is made of warped wood, and it's in between all these amazing houses, just this one haunted house on the beach. And they chase him to the beach. And they, like, call out for him. I think it's so funny, the idea of him screaming and running down into this abandoned house, and his friends are like, Jack, Jack! So he hides inside the house as his friends are calling calling for him avon he, calling and inside the house the living room wall is complete just completely made of glass and uh-huh. face the dark beach by the way it's nighttime at this point uh and he sort of just kind of just uh, explores the house makes his way down this everything's wet this damp hallway to the right stumbles around trips on a surfboard arlstein trying to um creep in the scares here to me this section was very scary it is kind of scary he heads back to where like the kitchen area is and it's like so gross there's broken mugs there's a kid's sand pail something's over his feet like a rat or something and he's like oh gosh but he's like I figure my friends are gone by now maybe it's safe to leave and as he's about to leave he steps over some sagging wooden floorboards which I thought it's so weird to have wooden floorboards in the kitchen but he the floor breaks away and he sort of falls through the floor and dangles for a second but the boards break and he plummets down 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 and you guys he lands hard on on his his hands and knees which does make more sense to me than elbows and knees but still sounds hella painful he he sort of points out he's like luckily the basement floor was soft and spongy so he was not hurt and it's super dark and wet down there and he starts trying to get out but bumps into a bunch of things and stumbles over a flashlight and sees that the room is super small there's cobwebs it's gross and he is his flashlight falls upon a camping trunk that has a thick film of mildew over it. And he just opens the, the trunk. Uh-huh. He's just like, huh, let me see what's in there. Oh, opens it. Mm-hmm. And it's empty except for a book. And the book is entitled Flying Lessons. And it's filled with old-fashioned drawings of humans flying through the air, young and old in old-timey clothes. Which I think is so cute. I think is amazing. And then he hears this splish and a splash and turns around and sees dozens of glowing red-eyed rats. How are their eyes glowing? And they come scuttling towards him, and it's a scary moment. They're hissing. Their jaws are snapping. Their sharp toenails clicking. This big old fat one comes towards him, pulls back on its hind legs, and, like, lunges forward with a shrill cry. Snowflake souffle. And they attack, and it's really scary, and he runs away from them, finds a narrow staircase across the room, stomps on the rats, kicks them away. Their bodies thumping wetly on the floor, says RL. Same. And he runs all the way home. Realizes when he gets home, he still is holding the book and decides, oh, gosh, I don't want my parents to know that I'm 
I've stolen a book and and I don't want them to ask why I have a book in my hand. So he goes into the garage where there's a bunch of junk and hides the book in a torn mattress in the garage and then sneaks upstairs. So the next day, his parents are going off on a day trip. This is a quick little side note about what his dad does. His dad is a talent agent. Just like this ambiguous, vague agent. And he's always looking for his next big client. And it's always this desperate scramble to find the next big thing. And he's like, oh, there's a musical group in Anaheim. We're going to go check them out. I know this was going to be the big one. They're gonna, it's going to be my big break. And so his parents are gone for the day. Mia calls. And Jack, Jack is like, hey, sorry for ruin, ruining your party. And she's like, oh, you didn't. We went back inside and had a great time. <laughs> and Jack's like, cool. And says, hey, actually, do you want a rollerblade? And she says, yeah, that's why I called. Wilson got new blades. And Jack says, oh, I I actually can't go. I have to stay home and water the plants. And Mia's like, great. Hangs up on him. And he sort of peeks out the window and watches Wilson roll away on his new blades across the street. And he's like, huh, I'm going to go check out that book in the garage. And he gets out of the garage and starts to read it. So this is what it says inside the book. For as long as humans have walked the earth, they have yearned to fly, to float like an angel, to glide like a bat, to soar like a mighty bird of prey, all a dream, a hopeless dream. Until now, the ancient secret of human flight is a simple one. You need only three things, the daring to try, an imagination that soars, and a good mixing bowl. And Jack is like, wait, what? And he he flips the page. There are some exercises that he needs to practice in order to fly. And then there's also this magical mixture that he has to eat in order to fly. And the book says, learn the motion, eat the potion. And he scans a list of ingredients that are needed for the potion. And the main ingredient is yeast because yeast rises. (laughs) And he's like, hey, this is cool. I wonder if this is real. I I bet I could learn how to fly. That's something that Wilson could never do. Hey, I think I'm going to try it. And he's like, and plus, it'll really impress Mia. Uh Uh-huh, sure. So he looks in the kitchen for yeast and all the ingredients and is like, cool, I'm going to make it. And then he turns to the page that has the exercises. And these are the exercises, you guys. Are you going to do them? We're going to do them right now. We're going to do them right now. Step one, hold your arms straight out in front of you. Okay. Bend your knees slightly. Now take 50 little hops in this position. Did you do it? Step two, this one's easy. Sit on the floor. Place your left foot on your right shoulder, then lift your right leg and tuck it behind your head. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, actually, no one can do that. That's crazy. Um, And he ends up, like, doing it and then gets, like, on the floor and then ends up getting stuck in that position. And then he realizes he's not alone. And he looks up and sees that Ray and Ethan are in his house watching him, laughing at him. (laughs) And Jack's like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I was just exercising so I can get better at tennis. And they're like, you don't play tennis. And he says, uh, uh, I do now. And they're like, "Let hey, stop being weird. Let's go shoot some hoops. And Jack's like, uh, uh, I can't. Um, Morty isn't feeling well. And then Morty runs in and like licks Ray's face and hops up and down. And they're like, okay, well, we'll just, why don't we just shoot hoops at your house? Just, we'll just play right outside. And Jack's like, I have to stay inside and um, clean the kitchen. And Ethan notices the book and Jack just throws it into the trash and says, actually, I have to wait for my parents to call. They told me to wait by the phone. And Ray and, Ray and Ethan are like, why? And Jack says, they they said it was a su- surprise. <laughs> and they're like, whatever, bye. They leave and he continues reading. So he does, there's another exercise where you have to like flap your arms a bunch or something. 
you have to do some like flapping exercises, flapping your arms and then leaping exercises, uh, exercises, and then you have to say the magic words. And the magic words are Hishram, Hishmar, Shah, Sharam, Sham. Got it? <laughs> you got it? And then he mi- mixes the special ingredient and the, the special ingredients, and they are. You guys, if you, if you want to learn how to fly, this is all you have to do, okay? The special ingredients are 10 egg yolks, one tablespoon of maple syrup, two cups of flour, a half cup of seltzer, and four tablespoons of yeast, which turns into a lumpy, yellow, doughy blob. When we were, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, cool. Daniel and I, when we are recording Deadcast, we'll like get all the ingredients and we'll mix it together and, you know, we'll do the exercises and see if you can fly. But there's a twist that's going to make it impossible. I hate to break it to you guys. You won't be able to fly because you need the last secret ingredient. Yes, and th- this is what the book says. You're about to embark on the most glorious adventure in the history of time. You alone will fly with the falcons. You alone will sail toward the sun. Are you ready? You say yes. You are wrong. You're not ready. Turn the page. And it's the last page of the book. And it says, empty one quarter of contents of envelope into bowl. And he's like, what envelope? There's no envelope in this book. And then he sees like some old dried up glue on the back cover. And he's like, oh, no. There must have been envelope here. It must have fallen out. Oh, help. Help me. I can't fly. And then he looks in the trash where he had thrown the book earlier, and there's a little black envelope in there filled with blue powder. And so he turn, he, he pours the blue, a little bit of the blue powder into the yellow blob. The blob turns green. Monster bled, and then starts growing and bubbling. And Jack points out small, bu- small bubbles at first, then big plopping bubbles that gurgle, <clears throat> and then the, the 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 dough starts beating like a heart. He's like, no way, my ass is eating that shit. So he's about to throw it away, but the dough blob starts flopping over on itself, making a sick gurgling sound, and then it flops and flops and flops and flops. <coughs> wow. And then flops the phone and rings, jetsum. and Jack screams, and it's, and it's dad, and he's like, oh, the band broke up before we got there. Guess it's not my big, big break. I'm headed back home. Guess not. And Jack's like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to fly today. I don't know. So he goes to throw the mixture away, but then he realizes, oh, no, you guys, that Morty has eaten half of it. Trigger. Then he sees that Trigger has eaten the monster blood cuddles what have you been eating and he's like oh no how morty no and he's like how do i save him how do i save him what what should i do and he pulls morty away from the eating the bowl but morty starts floating up in the air you guys and out the window and then up and deep into the sky so morty just floats away like a big old balloon like baby's black balloon and jack is like oh gosh how do i save him the only way to save him is for me to eat some and fly after him. So he eats some, and he says that it's hot, bitter, and sour, like sou- like sour, hot and sour soup. And his mouth and tongue start swelling. Ugh. And glob after glob that he swallows, he starts gagging. Ew, I'm gagging. So then he steps outside and says out loud, I will fly, and then leaps into the air and crashes down to the ground, and no. nothing happens. And, and Morty's disappearing, you guys. Morty's just a dot in the sky, just a ribbon in the sky. And he's like, oh, maybe I need speed. Yes, speed is what I need. Energy is what I need. <laughs> and so he starts running around the house in circles three times, and then after his third r- ring around that rosy, he leaps in the air and nothing happens. Then he does those hopping exercises he read about, which is essentially just 50 squats. And then nothing happens. He starts jumping and leaping around. Nothing happens. And all of a sudden, that horrible taste of the dough comes back to his mouth. He feels like he's going to take sick. And his stomach gurgles. And then he burps and goes flying into the air. I used to think that I could not 
How he, he learned to fly. And he goes spinning and spinning and spinning, ends up flying with his feet up in the air first, face down, dangling. Oh no, the dangly ones. It's not where I dangle it. And he tucks his knees in and ends up spinning upright. He's like, oh, that's how it works. I could tuck my knees in and I can spin. And he manages to fly up towards, sort of clumsily flies towards a shaking, screaming Morty. And they just float on the air current. And he's like, gosh, it's so hot up here by the blazing sun. And I thought, that's not how science works. No, I was like, it'd be colder up there. But I guess in Malibu, it's hotter towards the sun. That's not true. I've been to Malibu. You're right. It's freezing. And so he says, how will I get down? How will I get down? And he says he can, he finds that he can fly in certain directions by pointing his arms like Superman. And if he, if he squeezes his feet together, he can go faster. And if he sticks his legs straight out, he goes slower. Wow. Usually it's the other way around. And he flies around for a while, absolutely loving it. And there's just kind of this fun sequence of him just spinning and flying around. Gorgeous, beautiful Malibu. Like, Superman. Open door. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. But then he's, he looks down and sees his parents are pulling up to the house. Oh, no, do they see him flying? And then his dad points up in the air and says, what is that? And he's like, oh, no, they see me. But he was just pointing at a bird on the garage roof. Oh, that was a close one. Jack swoops down into the backyard just in time, runs into the kitchen, and blames the big old mess on, in the kitchen on a science experiment and, like, gets away with it. And that's that. He ends up, like, t- putting what was, like, a two-pound leash on Morty to, like, keep Morty... Yeah, because Morty, like, can't stop. Poor fucking Morty. But Morty ends up hiding in his doghouse. Yeah, because he's so terrified and traumatized. So next morning, Jack gets up early to practice, but he can't because his dad is up on the phone. He's uh, t- t- taking It's a phone also, call. like, crazy early. It's, like, 5.30 in the morning or something like that. And his dad is taking a phone call from his next big client, who is a monkey named Nelson. And Nelson has an act called Nelson and His Amazing Needles. And Nelson is a knitting monkey. It terrified me when I read that because the idea of a monkey with needles of any kind is... That's a lot scarier than this book. So Jack's like, I guess I'll practice after school. And then... Outside, he sees uh, Wilson, like, impressing Mia with his new inline skates. And Wilson has this new ramp on his driveway. And he's, like, flying through the air and landing perfectly on his skates. And Jack's like, (laughs) I know how to fly. I'll show your ass how I can fly. So, um, he, like, he, he does this immediately, which I think is so ridiculous. He's like, I'll show them right now, in fact. Oh, yeah, this is And this is all Jack watching them through his bedroom window. And so Jack goes back into the hallway outside of his bedroom, runs down the hall through his bedroom, and leaps out his open bedroom window so he can shoot out the window and fly around them. But instead of flying, he lands on his back in the bushes outside of his room. Thank God they were soft bushes. Thank God the floor of that basement was soft. And, of course, Mia and Wilson see him. Mia's like, oh, my gosh, what happened? And Wilson's dying laughing. And, and Jack's like, uh, I didn't fall. I, I didn't fall out my window. And Wilson's like, yeah, you did. And Jack's like, well, you know what? Let me show you what I can do. So he lifts his arms, his arms in the air and is like, I'm going to flop. But then his mom says, Jack, come inside. I need you to help me with the spring cleaning. And Mia's like, oh, well, whatever you're going to show us, you can show us later. Hey, Wilson, you want to come by and um, come over like and show me how that ramp works like yeah cool (laughs) so the beginning of chapter 18 there's such a shocking editing error in it i can't believe it made it through tell me so deal me 
this is you know every good goosebumps book is from is a first person narration right yeah and so we know that jack wants to show wilson and mia how he can fly so this is how the beginning of this this chapter starts the next afternoon, I ran all the way home from school. I told Mia and Jack to meet me in front of my house. They thought we were going to rollerblade. <gasps> wow. Not only that, it happens again later. A couple paragraphs later, he says, By the time Mia and Jack showed up to my house, it started to rain really hard. Don't what? you mean Wilson? Arlstein's head was in the clouds. Hashtag, where are the editors at? Yeah. Like, come on, y'all. Where anyway, the at? It starts raining, and it ends up raining all week. And um, basically the, the most of next week. So um, Jack can't possibly fly in the rain. Oh. So he doesn't get to show them his cool new trick. But he, the next Saturday, this is like t- basically almost two weeks later. It's sunny. So Jack calls me and Wilson and says, meet me at the park. And Wilson's like, meet me outside. Meet me outside. Wilson's like, hey, I'm going to New York City for spring break. How, look, look how cool I am. And Mia's and, like, wow, that's so cool. And Jack is like, ah, you think that's cool? Let me show you. So Jack says, how about um, we race to the flagpole? And we'll race to, the, we're at the school. We'll race to the flagpole and back. And and Wilson's like, fine. So Jack puts his arm up and is like, all right, here we go. And One, race. two, three. And... Jack starts flying through the air in front of me and Wilson. And he looks down to see Wilson's shocked face. But then he looks up and sees that Wilson is also flying and is flying right under Jack. So Jack is so shook and shocked that he loses control and crashes into a tree. And Wilson swoops down to him and says, Hey, I saw you the other day and you were flying and I saw you leave the book in that mattress. So I took the book and I learned how to fly. And Jack is so furious. The idea of Wilson doing all that stuff and making the yellow blob and then putting the blue stuff that is left in the envelope to turn to that green monster blood and to eat it on his own is completely ludicrous. Ludicrous. Ludifisk. And uh, Jack is like, I'm getting out of here. And Mia's like, no, please fly for me again. Show me how you do it. And he's like, I don't know. And Wilson's like, I'll show you. And Wilson, like, they both fly for Mia. Wilson flies all around him, ends up sort of like teasing Jack and leading him to run straight into the flagpole again. And Wilson like is like, that's how it's done. And is like, I'm going to go play tennis. Do you want to come, Jack? And Jack's like, I don't play tennis. And Wilson goes, oh, I heard that Ray and Ethan said you were taking lessons and learning <laughs> how. Sorry. <laughs> and Mia's like, please, Jack, teach me how to fly. Teach, teach me how to fly. And Jack's like, no. But then he's like, actually, that'll be a great way to impress Mia. And... <clears throat> He's like, cool, well, let me show you the book in my garage. So he and Mia get to his garage, and then he screams when he opens the garage. He screams he screams bloody murder because the garage has been completely cleaned out for spring cleaning, and the mattress is gone. Oh, no, the book and the mattress, the book is actually gone for forever. Mia's like, oh, man, but maybe that might be for the best. I don't know if I should really learn how to fly. And she's like, maybe you should stop flying, Jack. I have a nasty, terrible feeling about it deep inside. Here, let me show you. And... Jack is like, I don't know. So she goes home. That night, Jack is bored and decides to go flying over Los Angeles by himself. I love this. This is a lot of fun to me. If I can see it, then I can do And he's like loving it and he flies for so long that he loses track of time and realizes that he's flying over complete darkness and can't see anything and he's completely lost. 
And this is kind of scary, I think. And he tries to find any sort of lights or anything and, and sees some dim lights in a distance, finds a freeway. Probably the PCH. Probably. Lands and walks along the side of the road for a while till he can find a sign. And part of me is like, why don't you just fly above the freeway and find a sign? Why you got to be walking? I don't know. 12-year-olds are stupid. <laughs> and he's walking and... Then he's, but there are creatures in the bushes along the highway, like, I don't know, raccoons or something. It's probably like seagulls with red eyes. And he starts running from the creatures in the bushes, but runs into a police car that has pulled over. And the police is like, hey, kid, how'd you get here? Where are you coming from? And he's, and he's, and he was like, oh, I'm from Malibu. And they're like, how wow, did you get you're here? A you're a so way far from Malibu. from Malibu. And Jack goes to get in the car with him and realizes, no, wait, I can fly. And then flies away from the police. Wow. Eventually follows the freeway, finds his way home, and gets inside without his parents noticing. Wow. When he gets inside, Wilson calls and says, hey, you ready for the race? I set up a race at school tomorrow the next day for you and me, so it's time to race. Get ready to race. This is where it starts going to mother territory. The next day, Mr. Grossman, remember him? The Remember pe- the, the balloon animal, Mr. Grossman? He's organized the whole gym class to watch this race because Wilson said, I want to race. And not only is the whole gym class about to watch this race, but the whole school shows up. And Jack is, like, super nervous, and Mia's like, please don't race, please don't do it. But Ethan and Ray are like, you can do it, Jack, you can beat Wilson. The whole school is going crazy. You're like, you can beat Wilson. So the race starts outside, and they both start flying in front of the entire school. Jack almost wins, um, and it ends up being, like, a little bit of a tie. But it's like, it's like who won? We don't know. But as, as Jack lands, Wilson yells, let's second lap. And so Jack's like, not fair. I thought we were just doing one lap to the whatever and back. But Wilson ends up winning because he calls out for a second lap. And everybody's like totally shook and they're dead silent. He was like saying, I was expecting like, or he was expecting like big applause and cheers. But everyone is just like really, really quiet because they're so shocked. But like people also like aren't that shocked because Ethan and Ray are like, that was cool. And like some kids are kind of scared about, scared of him and whisper about him for the rest of the day. So it's like, oh, cool guys. Remember when you flew earlier today? That was kind of crazy. Okay, back to class, everyone. But the nurse pulls Jack into her office and says, uh, I need to see you, Jack. And there's a man and a woman in business. There's two two men and two women in the office. There's a man and a woman in business suits. And then a man and a woman both wearing khaki pants and t-shirts. And they're all scientists from the university. Oh, from Malibu University. And they're like, you come. They, the, the scientists say to Jack, come, come with us. Nothing bad will happen to you. And... They're like, we just want to study you in our lab. And Jack's like, no. <clears throat> and he screams no and runs the whole way home. And I'm like, why don't you just fly home? <laughs> he runs. This also reminded me of sometimes when you see, when you're an actor and you see breakdowns for something and it says on big red letters above it, there's no nudity. And and you're like, was there going to be nudity? Why is it telling you that there is no nudity here? Because now it seems like there definitely is nudity. So these people will be like, hey, come with us. Nothing bad will happen to you. And I'm like, that's what you lead with? Nothing bad is going to happen to me? Was something bad going to happen to me? So he gets home. His parents are home in the middle <clears throat> of the day. And they're like, yeah, our yeah, phone they don't been, have jobs. They're like, our phone has been ringing off the hook. You're Same. in big trouble, mister. And... He's like, why? And the dad's like, because now, Jack, you're going to be my big act. We're really mad at you, Jack, because you didn't tell us you can fly, and now we're going to be famous. So his dad becomes his manager, and Jack books, like, all these crazy gigs, like the grand opening of Marv's Malibu Motors. And he's now not called Jack Johnson anymore. He's the amazing flying boy who promotes new cars and wears a silver metallic superhero suit that his mom makes. What? 
And at Marv's Malibu Motors, he gets on this high platform and flies around with a banner in his hand that says, like, Marv's Malibu Motors. And this whole event is packed with reporters and people. And Jack's like, this is cool, but, like, where are all my friends? And he has interviews with Time Magazine, Newsweek, People, TV Guide, The Wall Street Journal. And he can't go back to school or go hang out with any of his friends because he has to be he has to be working out because superheroes need to be fit. And he's like, but can I play basketball with my friends? They're like, no, basketball isn't the type of exercise for a superhero. You need to go to fittings. You need exercise. You need to do weeks and weeks of interviews. And he finally gets a Saturday off, and he's like, this is so being, – being a spokesperson for flying is exhausting. And – He's like, can you guys believe this? I know. And that that Saturday he has off. He's like, can I go rollerblading with Mia? And his mom is like, yes, but you have to wear your costume when you're rollerblading because people expect you to look a certain way. Your fans, your fans need to look a certain way. So you need to wear your costume. You need to dress up for your fans. So he just cancels it. He's like, I can't. Stays inside and watches TV. And while he's watching TV, he sees that Wilson has his own TV show called Wonder Wilson and His Amazing Rescues. And he's dressed in glittery neon. And he's like, oh, man, like I'm promoting like car dealerships. And Wilson has a TV show where he rescues people like this. I can't I'll never get away from Wilson. But the do- there's a knock at the door and it's three serious looking men in green army uniforms. And they're like, hey, you need to come with us. And they steal um, Jack away into the sunset. And they take him to a steel bolted green room somewhere. With a chair with suction cups and electrical wires all over it. And they make him do a bunch of tests in this canvas-covered courtyard. And they make him fly a bunch of different They're ways. They're like, fly with your eyes closed. Fly holding your breath. And you do back and forth all kinds of flying. Until he's completely exhausted. They drill him with tons of questions. How'd you learn to fly? Take How him, did you figure this out? Ta- what happened? Take him back to that room. They give him more questions the flying instructions. They hook him up to that chair. And it measures his heart rate, rate and like his eye movement and like every muscle in his body and he's like this is terrifying he's putting a metal tank where they like take laser pictures of him naked i'm just kidding i didn't say that he's naked they ask him more questions and then 10 hours later he gets to go back home and his dad is like oh sorry i was so busy setting up flying gigs i forgot to tell you that they were coming to take you to test you but great news i set up a race for you with wilson and the winner of the race gets one million dollars two billion people will be watching on tv (laughs) And Jack is like, I'm going to go kill myself. <laughs> and he decides to go for a walk to think about his life. And as he walks, every car that drives by honks and recognizes him and screams There's at him. There's the flying the, kid. Fly, fly for, for us. us. Flying Look, boys. Flying fly. Boy. Wait, can't you Slow say something down. funny? Fly. Fly. Take a picture with me. Slow fly down. Boy. Fly. And you a group of kids on the street fly starts boy. chasing him down the street. And he tries to run away from them. And he's like, help, help. And they chase him. So he just hides. And he's like, my life is a true nightmare. So t- it's time for race day, you guys. And guess what? They're racing to the Hollywood sign in Hollywood. They're going to race from the bottom of the Hollywood Hills up to the Hollywood sign and back. I was trying to think of what this means by the bottom of the Hollywood Hills, and I just imagine it's Hollywood and Highland. Yes, that's pretty much it. It's not far at all. Like no, The race should be pretty short. Yeah, I could do it. And yeah, I'll do it. So the race starts at the bottom of the Hollywood Hills, as we said. There's a crowd there that is absolutely insane. So instead of having like security or some way for him to get there, his dad just drives Jack, the amazing flying boy, in a silvery suit, like through these crowds of people to like the platform where he's going to race from which and makes people no are like sense. pushed up against the car policemen have to escort him out of the car and up to the platform and the fans break through all the barriers and end up crushing Jack and carrying him away and swallowing him up 
But two policemen... End of chapter 30. Two, you're right. Two policemen and four guards end up pulling the fans away and pulling him free and taking him up to the platform. And on the platform, there are millions of cameras, dozens of questions, microphones in his face, just absolute craziness. And standing next to him is Wilson. In his neon glitter suit. And it's like, time to, time to race. And the, ref, the referee calls him over, and they're like, all right, shake hands, time for the race. Holds up a starter pistol, and bang, time to race. Can you it's believe all this madness. is happening? Like, it happens so fast. Wilson flies off, and and Jack puts his arm straight up to take off and leaps in the air, but lands hard on his feet. What? And he tries again. Jumps up in the air. Nothing. He tries again. What? What's happening? A hush silence goes over the crowd, and he's like, I can't fly. And his dad's like, come on, try, try. But Jack- $1 million resting this. Two billion people are watching. Why can't you fly? And Wilson's already, like, at the Hollywood sign, basically. And he turns around, and Wilson makes it back, and Jack can't fly anymore, and Wilson wins. Jack lost his ability to fly. This is kind of a scary book. Yeah. It's kind of... It's making me feel anxious. So... Cut to the summer has passed. Wilson's super busy. He's super famous, flying everywhere, literally. But Jack's been having a pretty good time hanging out with Mia. And Morty has now come out of his doghouse and is not scared to be alive anymore. Because Morty's wearing a two-pound dog tag that keeps him down the ground, which still makes me a little bit sad. Wilson is, like, so busy working and being, you know, people are experimenting on him. But But good news, you guys. Jack and Mia are going to the Purple Rose concert together. And he's actually started taking tennis lessons. And he says he'll never tell her or anyone his big secret. Before you tell the secret, Daniel, I'm going to read the first paragraph and the last page of this book, okay? Great. The day I learned how to fly, I was worried about Wilson Schlame. I've kept my secret from Mia. I've kept my secret from everyone. I've never told anyone that I can still fly. And I've never told anyone that I only pretended to lose my flying ability that morning of the race. Yes, you heard me. I only pretended. I let Wilson win the race. Why? Because I knew that was the only way I could win. That was the only way I could get all those thousands of people out of my life. It was the only way I could get my friends back. The only way I could get my normal life back. The only way I could be happy. I told you. I'm not the kind of kid who likes to enter contests. I don't like to compete. I don't care about winning. So I'm really lucky. Because even though I don't care about winning, I won after all. Sometimes, very late at night, I sneak out of the house. And I fly over Malibu, high over the ocean. I gaze down on the waves sparkling in the moonlight. I soar with the winds and sail upward toward the moon, feeling the cool ocean breezes on my face. And then I think about how lucky I am and how smart. And I wish Wonder Wilson a lot of luck. Really? The end, the end, the end. What do you guys think? Do you think it's the greatest Goosebumps ending in the history of the series according to that blonde waiter in Silver Lake? No, but it's still pretty fun. I think what he meant by that was it's the only one of the only happy endings that we really ever get in a Goosebumps book. That's pretty true. And, and I didn't remember the ending really. I did, but for some reason it, it gave me it gave me those tingles and those funs when I read it again this time. I just had a total blast of this stupid crazy ass book. Yeah, we totally flew through it actually. <laughs> I'm so glad we learned we know how to fly now. So up next we're gonna get we're gonna get nasty. We're this is is this the weirdest one? 
it's one of the weirdest ones it's, for it's sure. It, for me, it's either, it's top two of the weirdest ones. It's this one's so crazy. It's really really nuts, you guys. We're talking about chicken chicken. Do you guys have you heard this Goosebumps book? Chicken <laughs> chicken. Another one where they couldn't possibly do a TV episode. It's, it's I mean a, they could I guess. It's about a witch and it's about a lot of chickens. I can't wait, you guys. If you want to say hi, thank you so much for reading. For those of you that have already reached out, you can reach us at welcome to deadcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us or reach us on Instagram. My Twitter is um, Daniel Montgomery and my Twitter is, or I'm sorry, my Instagram is Daniel X Montgomery. Um, my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery and my Twitter is iRobotUJ. And um, we'll see you chickens next time. Yeah, we'll see you, you see you chickens next time, okay? If you dare.